Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, proud to be the host of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and I always enjoy when our featured guests can make the introduction to today's show. Hello, ECNL players, family, and staff. This is Meg Nemzer, the new head coach of the Maryland women's soccer team. Youth soccer has made so many remarkable strides since my playing days at Bethesda and Free State. As I embark on the new challenge at Maryland, I know my team will benefit from so many talented and well-coached ECNL players. So join me and the ECNL podcast host, Dean Linky on this week's edition of Breaking the Line as we discuss my playing days, my time at Rutgers, this new opportunity at Maryland, and how excited I am to see more and more talent coming out of the ECNL. And we're excited to have Meg Nemzer on this week's show, and she'll join us after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I am Dean Linky, and I'm delighted to be joined by Meg Nemzer, who on December 10th, 2021, was named the new head coach of the Maryland women's soccer team. This after an amazing career at Rutgers that we'll get into. But let me first welcome Meg and say, Meg, let me say it one more time. You are the new head coach of the Maryland women's soccer team. How does that sound every time you hear it? like a dream come true. Thank you so much for having me. This has been uh, my dream job since I was a little girl. So unbelievable chance for me. Well, and the reason that is, is because as you said, you played at Bethesda. So you're a Maryland girl, right? Everybody thinks you're Rutgers, New Jersey, but you grew up in Maryland. I grew up in Maryland, grew up in Crofton, went to high school in Annapolis, played Maryland ODP, was fortunate enough where I played for Maryland United and for Bethesda and got recruited actually by Glenn Crooks and by Mike O'Neill to go to Rutgers. So at one point, yes, I was living in New Jersey longer than I was in Maryland, but I am a Maryland girl. All right. So you go to Rutgers where you were a three-time captain, which doesn't happen all the time. That shows your leadership. That shows, I think you were met to be a coach for sure. But talk about your time at Rutgers under Glenn Crooks and Mike O'Neill. Yeah, as a player, I mean, there was two coaches that I just looked up to in every single way. Glenn had the fatherly touch that just wanted to make sure that you knew that you were important, whether you're a player one through player 28. And Mike O'Neill, who is one of the brilliant soccer minds that I was able to learn from, not only as a, as a player, but as a coach as well. But he definitely 
love soccer. Soccer is definitely a passion of his, and I was very fortunate to learn from him. So I want to know your entire journey, but you know, when you got to Rutgers, you were injured that freshman campaign, and I think that gives you a unique perspective as a coach because injuries are part of the game. So talk about that injury and what you did to overcome that injury. Yeah, I think the mental side of it helped me a lot. I mean, I actually tore my ACL twice before I even entered college. So I actually, funny, I don't know how funny it is, but um, I actually tore my ACL against Mike O'Neill's club team. And uh, I rolled over expecting it to be my club coach. And it was actually Mike checking in on me, seeing if I was okay. To me, that says a lot about character. And it says a lot about if I knew that I was going to go to Rockers, um, he would look after me, not only as a player, but as a person as well. So even before I entered college, I was out for two years on the sideline. And I think that really started my journey to be a coach. My parents always said, if you commit something, you got to commit 110%. So I give them a lot of credit because they drove me all over. And I sat next to, at the time it was Steve Campbell, who was the head coach, who is now the uh, DOC for Maryland United. And I learned a lot from him. I got to see how he communicated with players what he demanded from players, not just on the field, but really face-to-face -face with them. So between Steve Campbell and Mike, I uh, really got to learn from really two great coaches. Well, what a fantastic tipping point memory to see Mike O'Neill being the one as you rolled over with that ACL injury. So let's go ahead and back up the bus. Tell us when you started playing soccer, did you play other sports? Mention some of your key coaches with your youth teams and then get us to Rutgers and then we'll move on from there. I was very fortunate. I had an older brother, right? So you want to do everything like your older brother does. So I did play basketball. Being from Maryland, I feel like it was law that you had to play lacrosse. So I did lacrosse for a little bit and played soccer. Really, really fell in love with soccer. And by my junior year in high school, that's when I gave up uh, lacrosse and basketball and just focused on soccer. But I was so fortunate. I mean, you talk about actually some, some names that are still involved in the game. I know that we've spoken about Steve Campbell, but actually Brian Penske, who was actually just named the Florida State head coach, he was actually my ODP coach. Joe Malia at Loyola, he was one of my ODP coaches as well. So really, really got a lot of great coaching. And I was very fortunate when I was younger um, to have all those mentors when I was younger. I was going to wait for it, but I'm going to drop it in now because the COO and ECNL girls commissioner is Jen Winnego, and she claims that she played against you and there are some pretty good games. Can you add any clarity to that claim? She's a very good player. And yes, I agree. It's funny. Like I said, I feel like the soccer world is so big, but I feel like everyone knows each other. So when she was announced, I thought there couldn't be a better person. I mean, she's just dedicated to the game. She's dedicated her life to, you know, embracing the game and making soccer so much better for, for young ladies. But yes, there is, we did play against each other, some good battles. Okay. So Meg, your name has been floated around with other jobs and other opportunities. What was it about this one where you said, I want to go for it. And I really want it. Obviously coming home. Um, my whole family lives in Maryland. I grew up in Maryland. A lot of my contacts are still in Maryland. Um, I do have a 19-month-year-old, Bethany, who is loving meeting her cousins and seeing her cousins. So to have that family aspect of it and to be able to do my passion, I don't really consider this my job. I feel very fortunate that I get to coach soccer and be part of the journey for so many young, amazing females. So when this opportunity came and they were serious about me and they were serious about 
winning and getting this to the next level, that was something that definitely caught my eye and, and definitely embraced the, the conversation. And the people, the people here were unbelievable. They want this program to do well. They are putting a lot of resources into it. And the community here, I mean, this is a soccer school. I mean, talk about, you know, the, the greatness of the men's program. I mean, they have the exact same resources that we have. So I feel like we should be doing pretty well and to be having that opportunity to do it in my home state and the hotbed of soccer around here to me just really drew me to Maryland. Meg, what do you remember about the process? Like how many interviews were there on campus visits? Were there some Zooms? And what do you remember about finally, was it an email? Was it a phone call to, to make it official? After we landed from the final four, got a phone call and Bethany was actually with my parents and they live in Annapolis. So they asked me to come on campus and I think I came on campus. I got back on, on a Sunday night, drove right to Maryland to go get my daughter, got that phone call, stayed on there. Wednesday night was on campus, Thursday, met some people. Friday morning, I was announced. So it was very, very fast, very, very quick. Still trying to replay it. And it just happened a lot faster than what I thought, but felt really confident with the decision. Can you remember three to five of the first calls you made when you were officially named the head coach and before the big announcement when everybody else found out? I think the first three, well, obviously my husband, right? I've told him that I was like, are we okay with this? Just want to make sure. But Mike was also one of them. My parents were one of them. And then two of my best friends who were actually were in my wedding are two Maryland alum. So I wanted them to hear it from me before it was announced as well. Those were some of my first phone calls. And of course, lots of joy and excitement for me to be back home. And my two girlfriends were really, really excited about it as well. Two more questions before we take our first break with Meg Nemzer, the new head coach of the Maryland women's soccer team coming over from Rutgers, where she was the associate head coach for so many great teams at Rutgers as well. And that is you had to assemble your staff and one hire was pretty easy, but talk about uh, that hire and who else you've hired so far. Yeah. So Joe Nemzer, my husband, I don't think he really had a choice, but you know, I, I asked him at least and he said yes. And we were fortunate enough that we coached some club teams together and he has a brilliant attacking mind and I'm a little bit more defensive minded. I played center back. So he had things to the game that I didn't see and vice versa. So Joe uh, being involved with the youth game, he was actually just named the ECNL director for Arlington as well, just to keep him involved and to have his expertise, not only with the attacking side, but in so many aspects of it. I mean, he actually was the head coach at Mount St. Mary's for several years before we met, and then he moved up to New Jersey. So to have a head coach on staff already to sort of understand it, and then obviously to do it with him was just an undeniable opportunity for us, and we were really excited about it. And then um, I might come a shock to you, but I have no hand-eye coordination, and even though I played basketball. So I needed to find a goalkeeper coach, and uh, I trusted a lot of my colleagues. I called about four or five, did not mention Katie's name at once, but everyone said, hey, if you need a goalkeeper coach and you want somebody who is a, a brilliant human being and a brilliant soccer coach, you need to get Katie involved. So for me, just seeing her, what she's been able to do with goalkeepers just in the short amount of time, she's the real deal. And so, so lucky to have her experience. She's coached in the uh, 
a power five for over 15 years. I'm actually coaching the national in the national championship game. So she gets what needs to happen at this level. Also was able to bring in Alex, who definitely is one of the top young coaches in the country, being from Richmond and, and taking ownership of the recruiting in that DMV area was just an easy hire. And he loves analytics and he loves strength and conditioning. So he's really taking ownership of that class. And then near and dear to me is uh, Kenny Wright. And I don't know if you remember her at Rutgers, but she was also a two-time captain, known her since she was 13 years old, coached her at PDA. We won a national championship together in, in 2015. And then for her to come on to Rutgers and go to the final four, she just retired from playing pro in the NWSL. And when I got hired, she asked me, you know, what do you think about me joining? And I was like, are you being serious? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I'm being serious. Are you being serious? And we kept going back and forth. So the ongoing joke is that Kenny knows me better than Joe since she's known me since she was 13 years old. So uh, I feel very, very, very blessed to have this support staff around me and, and just the whole entire coaching staff. They get it. They are hungry to develop the, the players and to win. I love it. I love your staff. Great young staff, a lot of great talent. Of course, to have your husband as well. And then the experience of, of Katie. And then I've known Alex for a long time. He was a member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30 and somebody that's got a bright future as well. Meg Nemser, the new head coach of Maryland. We're going to take a break, come back and talk a little bit about how she's going to build this team, including, I'm sure, checking out some of the top talent in the ECNL. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I'm doing this show with a big smile on my face because I'm a huge fan of Meg Ryan Nemser, the new head coach at Maryland, was able to be around Rutgers quite a bit, and Michael Neal always pushed all the coaches forward. In fact, during break, we were talking about the fact that during the Big Ten tournament, Mike called me over and had me ask you and all the coaches a question. And coincidentally, his comment was, hey, I want all of these coaches to be a head coach someday. They have to get used to talking to the media. And I think he meant it. <laughs> no, he definitely meant it. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, I think to be able to learn from Mike since I was technically 18 as a player and then 21 and uh, to be involved with the youth game with him and to be involved with the college process. And I mean, as a player, 
and then we went from Big East to Big Ten, and and we did that together. And and that's what I give Mike a lot of credit for, and 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 Glenn as well. Is that it wasn't about a title; it was about what can you do to make sure that your players feel the most comfortable going in, whether it's game plan, getting them organized. And it was never about, you know, a title. It was about who can present it the best. So that way the players feel comfortable with everything. So I did learn a lot from Mike and I'm very fortunate to have him in my life. I went to break talking about how you're going to build this team, but I have a few more questions about your playing career and your coaching career. As you think about your playing career at Rutgers coming off that injury, what's the best memory you have as a member of the Rutgers team as a player as a player it was actually uh we beat west virginia in the biggie semifinals we were down to nothing and there was about 10 minutes left and we scored three goals within those 10 minutes and, and west virginia was definitely you know still a powerhouse but definitely the powerhouse uh it was back in the day so that was a moment that i will never forget and and i know that glenn I don't think he's going to be upset with me telling this story, but I mean, you've seen Glenn and, and Glenn just is the most amazing person I've ever met. And I was so excited that the memory I have of that game is that I picked him up and I spun him around because I was so excited <laughs> and, and I put him down and I like realized what I did. And he was like, it's okay. We just won. So it's okay. So that, that memory I have with that West Virginia game too. I can picture that as well. And then all of those great teams under Mike O'Neill, first as an assistant, then you became the associate head coach. Can you also pick out one or two great memories during your time on the coaching staff at Rutgers? I mean, I have so many, but uh, I would say first top couple ones that I think of, and I think really putting Rutgers on the, on the map was going to that final four for the first time. Um, I think the journey of that team and really being part of something and, and building something to a, a national powerhouse I think it means something. We beat Virginia in uh, penalty kicks to get to the final four. And the prior, the three years prior in the NCAA tournament, we always had Virginia. And the first time we lost them big time, second time a little bit. And like that third time was when we beat them in the PKs. So that, that is a memory that I'll always remember. Um, and obviously this past year being uh, the first time winning the Big Ten Championship, after so many years of being so close to it, um, those are two memories that definitely I will always remember. All right. So now you're going to work. You are obviously evaluating the talent that was left behind. And I don't know if you're checking out the transfer portal, if you can touch on that. But, uh, you know, now you got to catch up, right? You got to go find some big time players. And I got to believe the ECNL is part of that. But just talk about the, the different formula, the secret sauce as you put this team together. I don't know if I have the secret sauce. I guess I'll have to let you know after <laughs> the next couple of years. But um, I think, you know, one of the, the biggest things with this location is the uh, sleeping giant with the ECNL teams. You know, within 45 minutes, you have five ECNL teams between Pipeline, Bethesda, Maryland United, Arlington, Virginia Union. Um, so I think, you know, to have that in your back door uh, to me was really, really exciting. And we didn't need to play a little bit of catch up. So it was a combination of both. It was looking in the transfer portal where we currently have six uh, players coming in from the transfer portal and also um, getting players that, you know, wanted to stay home, that wanted to have pride and, and play for Maryland. And, and I've said this before, become Maryland legends. So we were able to get a total of 10 incoming and out of those 70% are coming from ECNL teams. 
That's fantastic news. As you know, I was just in College Park, not only to call women's lacrosse, but a few days before to do a documentary for the Big Ten Network on Sasha Swarovski and particularly the rivalry against UCLA and these special moments in front of the crew where Sebastian Eldy scored a goal in 2015 in overtime. Two years later, he scored a goal against UCLA 2017 in overtime, celebrated the same spot with the crew and I'm sure you've seen enough highlights of the crew and the excitement they bring and they've got the strobe lights and everything else we need that for the women's game please tell me that's your goal down the road to have that kind of excitement and your own crew for lack of a better word yeah no so we I was actually one of the biggest things that I did as soon as I got the job was I met with the president from the crew and wanted to make sure that they understood that they were welcome to come to the women's game and we need them to come to the women's game and uh, they were all in I mean I've been to uh, several men's games I mean that atmosphere I mean it's it's no wonder why you know Ludwig is ranked top 10 in the country as far as atmospheres with with soccer games so um, that is a must and and to get the community involved and like like I said, because of how many ECNL clubs are around here, the expectations are to, to fill the stands and, and to show them good soccer and, and give them role models at the end of the day. I mean, when I was nine years old, that's sort of when I fell in love with the game. I was a ball girl at a Maryland game and Shannon was coaching and uh, I saw these amazing college players, you know, they're, they're cheering each other on, they're going through, they're going into battle with each other. Um, and those are the role models that I want uh, the local talent to see because you're going to see an amazing team this fall. Final question this segment, tying it back to your comments on the ECNL. I think it's pretty excited that your husband, Joe, already took on a big job with an ECNL team. Say that team again, and you saw how it helped Mike O'Neill, you know, for lack of a better word, get the pick of the litter on some of those top PDA teams. You know, as big as the hire is for Joe to be on your staff, that job is also, I think, big as well, right? Yeah, I mean, Arlington's an unbelievable club. I mean, the, the amount of resources, their complex, the quality coaches, the numbers that they have. When they reached out to Joe, Joe was extremely excited for all those reasons. Um, I mean, he's done an unbelievable job with other youth clubs and to get into the ECNL and to be part of that, he was very excited about it. And, and also twofold, it, you know, I was excited about it as well um, to have that um, accessibility um, and to make sure that they know who I am. And, and that was one of my biggest things with ECNL clubs is that I don't want to be known as the Maryland coach. I want to be known as Meg Nemser, you know, so that way they see me, they know me, they want to play for, for me and for my staff and, and to be Maryland legends. All right. We know that Meg Nemser is going to become a Maryland legend. We have one more segment with her. We're going to go rapid fire questions, get to know her a little bit better. And we'll do this after these messages from the ECNL. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. 
In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. So pleased to be joined by the brand new head coach of the Maryland women's soccer team coming over from Rutgers, where she had amazing success as a player, and then the associate head coach for the talented Mike O'Neill, Meg Nemzer on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. It's the rapid fire time, and so let's get going. So Meg Nemzer, your favorite USA women's national team player of all time and why? I'm going to age myself. And you know her very well, Kate Sabrero. So I know her as Kate Sabrero, Kate McGrath. She was a center back. She was a crazy center back that I loved. She dyed her hair red, white, blue. So, you know, secretly I've been a fangirl of hers for a very long time. And why I was okay with being a center back was because she was a center back. Yeah, I did a lot of games with her on the Big Ten Network prior to her taking over as the GM for the U.S. Women's National Team. So I'm also a big fan of Kate. I like that uh, name for sure. Your favorite sports teams outside of soccer, who does Meg Nemzer root for? The Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. I grew up watching them. My dad's from Philly. Uh, Joe watches them. So that was a that was a bonus when he asked my dad uh, to marry me. So definitely the Eagles is, is the team that I watch. Your favorite musical group? I like a lot of country. I know that's not the popular answer, like but country. anything country I usually listen to. All right, that works for me. This is always a little bit tougher, but and they have to be alive. But if you could go to dinner with just two people, they don't have to be sports people, but just two people that you could spend some time with, get to know a little bit better, what two names might come to mind, Meg? I grew up watching Oprah Winfrey, so I feel like she has so many. I feel like I would want to know what, what's <laughs> going on with her. And probably like a musician. I know that's not like exciting, but probably something like that. I always wanted to be a rock star, but I don't have the voice for it. So it's better that I'm a soccer coach. So does that mean you played a musical instrument growing up? Unfortunately, I did. And my parents paid me to stop playing. So <laughs> I was that bad. What? What, what, what instrument was it? Uh, it was a violin. I, I, you know, I thought I could do something. I have no musical talent whatsoever. I promise you, I can't sing. I can't play any instruments. So yes, my parents did pay me to stop. They're like, look, sports is your thing. Mainly just to make Michael Neal smile. I will tell you that not only was I a good accordion player, I was a nationally renowned award-winning accordion player. Meg, what do you think of that one? I, I would like to see that when you come <laughs> next time. I would like you to play something for me. <laughs> All right. Now let's kind of go around the room at Maryland because Sasso Swarovski is right down the road. Kathy Reese is amazing. Missy Maharg is amazing. Brenda Freeze is amazing. And we're just getting started. And all but Sasho are the leaders of these great women's teams, which you're going to be a great leader of the Maryland women's team. I'm sure you haven't had a ton of time to get to know them yet, but I got to believe you're excited to get to know them because they are all legends. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I love about this setup is that all the head coaches' offices are right next to each other. So not only did you mention that, but obviously we have Tillman, who's the men's lacrosse team, who's ranked number one in the country as well, but a lot of upcoming teams as well. The softball team's doing well. The tennis team is the best you know, record in, in seven or eight years. It goes back to the people. I mean, the people here are unbelievable. And I thought it was really cool. I was like a little bit of a fangirl. So when I first got hired in, you know, back in December, Missy came up to me and said, said, hey, do you want to grab lunch? And I'm like, 
yes, I would love to grab lunch and, and she's picking my brain and more so I was picking her brain. Just unbelievable to have all those, all those Maryland legends coaches, you know, just to see how they do it. And we always say like the best coaches are the ones that seal the most. And I like to say permanently borrow the most. I think it's a little bit nicer way to say it, but to have that resource is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Missy is a legend. That's I'm so glad that you're already using that. All right. Walk me through kind of a map of your plan and I'm going to ask you to be fair about it because there's so many great big 10 teams. It's probably going to be impossible to win the big 10 in year one or year two, but just talk about your expectations in year one and what your long-term plan is for the Maryland women's soccer team, Meg. We've said it from the beginning is that it starts with the people and not only the players, but it starts with the coaching staff. It starts with the support staff. It starts with the community. So really making sure that we're bringing in the right players. And we've been doing a lot with recruiting um, since December 10th. There's going to be 15 new faces on the roster um, that I was very fortunate enough, along with my coaching staff, to bring them in. But the biggest thing was character. So making sure that they fit the right culture, character above anything else. So the culture has been really, really a, a very important piece of it. And also developing leaders that are currently here as well. I'm a firm believer that that the players are the ones that really dictate the future of, of the team and the, and the success of the team. So really developing a lot of the future leaders that are currently here and, and teaching them, you know, how, what the standards are, how we're going to lead, what the expectations are. So we've been doing a lot of that in the off season and then focusing on the process, you know, making sure that we're developing them on and off the field, uh, making sure that they're getting that one-on-one -on -one attention and making sure they understand the expectations of the coaching staff on the field and the details that, you know, are important to us. You know, obviously the, the experience of the transfer portal, that was something that was very important to us um, just to have that. And, and we were very fortunate enough to have some Maryland girls that wanted to come back home. And we, we embraced that, we welcomed that. And then some other players that wanted to get, you know, a couple more years and get more experience. Um, and we're gonna use their experience right away. So um, next fall, you're gonna see a team that is uh, well-organized. That's something that I pride myself in and that defensive, you know, accountability, making sure that everyone defends, not just the back line and the goalkeeper. Um, but that's something that we've been really practicing a lot is just those defensive standards and habits. Um, and then we feel like as long as you take care of the people and the process, those results will come. We're here with Meg Nemzer, the final segment of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. So much success as the associate head coach. You talked about what Michael Neal meant to you. Now that you've been in this head coaching seat for a little bit, what's been the biggest change or the biggest adjustment or something that you've had to learn how to deal with as the head coach? <laughs> I understand now why Mike never had a lot of time. I feel like for, I feel like we're in meetings nonstop. Like I, I feel like as a head coach, you're definitely in a lot more meetings than what I, what I remember. It goes back to the, the foundation of making sure that your players know about, know that we care about them and the relationships with the players, um, not only as players, but also as student athletes. So been really doing a lot of, you know, team bonding, been doing, a lot of relationship building with them because it is a brand new team and I am the, the new coach for them. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I'm learning is that it's a lot more meetings when you're the head coach right now. And speaking of Mike O'Neill, and I'm not looking for a coach speak answer. I'm looking for an answer from the heart. I don't know if you already know when you're playing Rutgers, but what will it mean when you do play Rutgers and play Mike O'Neill? You, you know what? It's going to be all, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, right? So you get off the bus and 
you, I know the walk from the visitor's room that I've never been in and, and to not to be able to go in, into that home locker room or just to be really with that coaching staff. I mean, all of them are family. So there's going to be a lot of emotions. I mean, even the, the support staff at Rutgers. I mean, I, you know, Kate Hickey was my, you know, uh, SID when I was a student athlete and now she's going to be there and it's, it's going to be an exciting time and, and knowing where I came from and know where I'm going, I think is what I'm really looking forward to. And I have to be honest with you, I've never coached against Mike. So it's going to be interesting. We've always been on the same sideline from, you know, since I graduated college, but at the end of the day, I know that he wants uh, me to be successful and I want uh, him and Rutgers to be successful as well. That's a fair answer. A little bit of coach speak in there, but fair enough, Meg. I'll get <laughs> You got to have a little bit of that, Meg, or, you know, because that's part of the job, by the way, uh, as long as I can call you out on it every once in a while. Is that all right, Meg? Do we have that deal? <laughs> absolutely. <sure>? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, as we wrap up your time, this is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. You have been incredibly kind about your comments about the ECNL. One of the things that I've been impressed with with the ECNL since launching this podcast well over a year ago for them is the time that they put into helping their coaches, not college coaches, but their coaches become better. That's so important, right? Like I said, when, when those uh, club coaches come back and they do, you know, coaching courses for them and, and making sure that they're evolving. I mean, that shows you that they want the game to continue to evolve uh, and they know that the coaching has a huge process in, in players development. So I think for them to do that, it's just a whole nother level. I mean, to be able to put elite soccer players in one location where college coaches can come out and you watch one game and it's, you know, going back and forth and it's exciting. And then you go to another time slot um, and there's just, you know, just as an exciting game, I think just really shows you the depth that the ECNL has um, and how much they're invested into the youth game. Final ECNL question. And that is the other thing I've been impressed with is their organization, their adaptability, their ability. Of course, you know, they had to deal with the COVID years, but to make their championships and their events bigger and better every year. And I think, because of the involvement of the ECNL, the USA can continue to say we're the best in the world for women's soccer, and the ECNL is a key part of that. I think the biggest thing that I'm noticing is that a lot of players, I think, without that ECNL, just play games just to play games versus to have that championship level, to have that championship game where every game does mean something. It, it depends on where you stand. If you get into that championship conference and, and, and those games, um, I think really has teach players that competitive edge that maybe at some point we were lacking a little bit uh, back in the day. So I think to have that and to be able to help our players come in at right away as freshmen and understand the demanding schedules, especially in the Big Ten. You know, every game does mean something. Every game is a battle. And for them to understand that instead of them figuring out as the season goes on, I mean, that's a big, big, big thing that the ECNL has done. Last question. The audience for this podcast continues to grow. I've been super impressed with the numbers that are listening, particularly the young girls. As the new head coach, the Maryland women's soccer team, when you want to describe what Meg Nemzer and Maryland women's soccer is going to be, how would you describe it, Meg? That's how we'll end it. So, I, I mean, it's going to be a program that competes. It's going to be a program that values the player. And it's going to be a program where you can come in and leave a legacy behind. And if that excites you and you want to be part of something, then this is a place that you want to come. I cannot wait to call your games on the Big Ten Network. Congratulations on this big job. And more importantly, thank you so much for taking some time to be on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Good luck to you, Meg. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
all the thanks goes to Meg Nemzer. What a great hire for Maryland. And you get the feeling she's going to do great things for the Terrapins women's soccer team. I want to thank all the great folks at the ECNL, people like Andrea Wheeler and Jacob Bourne and Christian Labors and Jen Winnego and Jason Cutney and Doug Bracken, the entire crew. They are fantastic. I want to thank our producer, Colin Thrash. And for each and every one of you, all of the great players and families and coaches and everybody associated with the ECNL, I'm Dean Linky. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.